I'm just standing here in awe of how good God is and thanking him, the, the worship that's gone forth, just thinking, but just thinking about who he is. I'm so thankful. He is so faithful. He is so faithful. Let's just go ahead and pray this morning. Heavenly Father, I just thank you. I thank you for who you are. I thank you for your faithfulness to me, to my family. I thank you for keeping me. I love you so much. And I ask right now, in Jesus' name, that you would help me to speak your word. Lord, I need your help. I ask for the Holy Spirit to anoint me. Lord, I thank you, God, for what you've given me. I thank you for all that are here today. And Lord, I just pray that we would learn, including myself, that we would learn from your word and apply it to our life. We love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. Today, I'm going to be sharing from Hebrews 10. And I'm just going to go through several different scriptures and just kind of point out what God's given me for that. Um, just so you know, too, this is, I just want you to know, I want to be real with you. I've had about a, a stretch of about two crazy weeks. Two cra you know what I'm talking about when I say crazy weeks? And I told Dennis on Sunday, I said, look, I'm not going to be able to do this because I can't sit down and get my mind like to just write out. Like, I'm not getting anything. I don't know what to say. And um, I, it, we've had state, te I teach biology at Armstrong, and um, state testing week's crazy. It just is. And um, I just didn't have any, oh, wow. I didn't have anything to say, and I had already told him I'm just not going to be able to do it. And then um, we had state testing on Wednesday, and then Wednesday night when I was walking over to, to teach our, to have ladies Bible study, I just simply told the Lord, I said, I'm still willing if you'll give me something to say. It might not be perfect, but I'll, I want to do, if, if you'll give me what to say, I'm still willing to do it. So my, um, Thursday morning, I woke up, and this is what I got for you today. And let me speaking on unswerving hope with unshrinkable faith. This is in Hebrews 10 and 23 through 25 says, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. 25 says, let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. And then in verse 32, just, I just want to bring this out. It says, remember those earlier days after you had received the light when you stood your ground? It's talking about standing your ground in persecution. And then in, down in 35 through 39. So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. For in just a very little while, who, who is coming will come and will not delay. But my righteous one will live by faith. And then it says, and if he shrinks back, I will not be pleased with him. And in verse 39, but we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who believe and are saved. And I just want to, I don't know if this is popping on me. I want to just bring out a couple of points from this scripture. Um, starting with point one, we have to hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess. 
Um, and then I started thinking about, like, well, what does it even mean to swerve? And the only thing I could think of is if I'm, like, driving down the road and something comes into my lane and I kind of, like, swerve so that I will not hit whatever it is. That's, that's what I could think of when I'm, you know, swerving in life. But the Bible uses that term unswervingly to describe how we should hold on to the hope that we profess. And so I just wrote, don't let anything or anyone or anybody or any situation or any problem get you off course with placing your hope in Jesus. He is our hope. And so we have to hold unswervingly to that hope. And it's not just, I wrote out, it's for every day, according to Jeremiah 29 and 11. Y'all know that scripture. He has a plan and a hope for us. And then if you go, it's not just for the everyday, it's for eternity. According to 1 Peter 1, 3, and 5, and I'm trying not to read all of these scriptures because I probably have too much and I'm trying to watch my time. But 1 Peter 1, 3, and 5, 3 through 5 reminds us that in his great mercy, he has given us a new birth and a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And, in, and we have an inheritance in heaven that will never perish or spoil or fade. So... We have to hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess in Jesus. It's for the everyday, and it's for eternity. My next point, this is coming from verse 24. It says, spur one another on toward love and good deeds. And we had horses growing up, and so when I think of spur, y'all know what I think of, like you're sitting on a horse and you, you kick them in the stomach a little bit and say, like, giddy up or let's go. That's what I kept thinking about, um, but the Bible uses this term, spur one another on. What does that mean? Encourage one another. Encourage one another on toward love and good deeds. We're, we're supposed to encourage one another in the church. And so I'm not going to read 1 Corinthians 13 to you, but I'm just, I'm just going to tell you, I encourage you to love. Our behavior, our behavior as Christians should look different from behavior that we see in the world, Right? We should act different than those around us that don't know Jesus. And so I said, just some reminders to, to be patient, to be kind. You know, don't be rude. Even when, even when the situation is very frustrating, don't be, I'm going to have to maybe not use this. Okay. Okay. Let me just, that was bothering me okay so anyway um love our christian behavior if you're if we say we're a christian we should look different from people of the world right this is just, i know you know this this is just like almost like a reminder sermon maybe um but don't be rude don't keep a record of wrongs i mean i have to think about that every single day when i go into my ninth grade uh, classroom to teach biology that don't keep a record of wrongs because at this point in the year there's some wrongs i can remember right and so I'm having to say, forgive them over and over and over. Forgive them, forgive them, forgive them. Because they need to see somebody. Because I tell, they know I'm a preacher's wife. And they need to see. They need to see someone who's going to still love them, even when they have done some crazy stuff. And that's what I'm trying to do. And I'm asking God to, you know, renew me every day so that I can do that. Um, and then not only does it say in verse 24, spur one another on toward love. It also talks about good deeds. And when I thought about this, what came to my mind is, you know, we can't just do Operation Christmas Child one time in December and think, check, got it. You know, good deeds. And I look back at it, and I just want to, this is something we've heard all of our life, but I just want to encourage you again to be his hands and his feet. 
wherever he's planted you, to be his hands and his feet. And if you don't really know what that means when you read good deeds, because, I mean, there's, you know, there's a lot of good things we could be doing. But if you want to do what the Bible says to do according to good deeds, um, that's in Matthew 25, 35 through 39. Um, feed the hungry. And you have a great opportunity for that here in this church with the pantry, Max and Kenny. If, anybody, if you ever want to be involved in that, that's super easy for you to do that. Um, giving the thirsty a drink. I mean, these, these are straightforward. Inviting the strangers in, clothing the needy, and looking after the sick, and visiting those in prison. And anyway, the Bible, t- oh, let me not leave this off in James 1 and 27, to look after the orphans and the widows. So those are just some straightforward from the word. If you want to make sure in your life that you're doing some of those good deeds and you're doing exactly like, you know, according to what the word says to do, there, there's just a list of them there. Um, but the word also says, hey, you know, well, don't say hey. It says when, <laughs> sorry, it says Matthew 25 and 40. It says, I tell you the truth. Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. So when you're getting your clothes that your family can't wear no more and you're packing or you're going out to buy something new to help take care of a need for somebody, you're doing it for him. And, and don't lose sight of that. We can't lose sight of that. And just, you know, again, I'm just reminding you of a couple of things that I, I found from this passage. And then point three, it's, um, this is from verse 25. Encourage one another and don't quit church. Um, so I know you know I'm a pastor's wife, so I'm technically supposed to remind you to go to church. But um, the, the, here's what the word says. Let us not give up meetings together as some are in the habit of doing. And I read this all earlier, but we just get people get in the habit of not coming to church, right? I mean, that can happen to any, anybody. Um, life is busy, and we have a lot on our plate. And it is tempting to say, I'm going to stay home today because I've had a rough week. You know, that, that can, but scripture tells us, don't let skipping church become a habit. That's what it says right here in verse 25. On on Wednesday night in our Bible, st- first off, if you don't come to ladies' Bible study on Wednesday night, I'm going to tell you something. You need to be here. It, it is really good. I'm thankful we have, we're growing together, and people are feeling more comfortable sharing, and we need that. But we were talking about on Wednesday night how evil and how wickedness is increasing in the world. And we were just talking about how I said, you know, I'm 42. I said, even when I was younger, I mean, it's just different. The, the temperature of evil is different now than it was when I was growing up. And we, and we were talking about that, just different ones sitting at the table. But, you know, that signs of the end of the age in Matthew 24, 12 through 13 says, because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. The love of most. And I'm thinking, man, we need each other. We got to stick together. We need the church. Um, as wickedness is infiltrating, like, it seems to be like every part of our society, even down to like our little, I call them the littles, but they're trying to ingrain crazy stuff into our littles brain, you know. Um, we need our church family more now than ever. And so, again, part of that was like, don't quit coming to church. The other part was that was of that portion of scripture was encourage one another. Encourage one another. Be intentional about encouraging one another. I'll, I'll show you a specific example of that. But um, the other, well, this, I don't know, maybe it was about a month ago. I had had a crazy day at work. And when I got home, this little note was hanging on the door. Welcome home. Hope you had an amazing day. Love, Molly Kate. Now, look, that's simple, isn't it? 
Isn't that simple? But then when I went to put my keys up, I'm so glad you're my mommy, and I couldn't imagine life without you. Y'all know what that did to my heart in that moment? Like, and that, that's, that's something simple, and that's something small, and we can all do simple, small things to encourage one another. And um, I was just thinking, oh, let me not leave Jaden out. Um, <laughs> today is Mother's Day, and this necklace that I got on my neck, I think this is the first time she's ever used her own money to buy me something for Mother's Day. <laughs> and the thing about it is, I had told them, I don't know, maybe two months ago, I was like, I like this necklace, I want it for Mother's Day. That was all I said. And then she remembered and got it and had it for me this morning. So anyway, I know those are simple examples, but sometimes we just get busy and we forget to do little things for the people that we love. And so this is just me reminding you to encourage one another, but that's in my family. How can I encourage my church family? Well, I just, you know, I said, be intentional about becoming an encourager. So call somebody, text them, text them the word, send cards, speak the word over one another, speak the word over someone else's situation. They say, oh, I don't know. Then say, well, you know what the word says about that? And, and let that be common for you. It, me, I tell them in Wednesday night Bible study, my kid, my ninth graders have potty mouths. Some of them do potty mouth, you know. And um, when I hear them say that, I'm like, let no unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. I'm, I'm constantly telling them that. And then now, the other day, I heard one of them say, you, I can't write them up for every word I hear. So I'm just letting you know that. Just come stay with me one day and you'll see. One, the other day, one kid said something. And the other one said, let no unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. And I thought, you know, they're getting it. They're getting it. You know, they're hearing what I'm saying, even if they're not responding right now, it's going in. But everywhere we go, we can do that. We can pour into people the word of God. You know, just make sure to be intentional about it. And, and not just that, we're talking about encouraging one another. Let me get back to that. This, even this week on Wednesday, I felt like I was crashing because it was just too much on my plate. I reached out to the prayer group. Hey, pray for my kids. They're taking the state test. Then I sent another text out to my best friends. I feel like I'm going under. I need you to pray. You know what I'm talking about? Like, there's too much. I'm going under. I need your prayers. And one, they both responded. And one said, um, you know, I know it's probably hard because I said I feel intimidated. I feel worried. And I just, I mean, I was, this was my close friends. And I'm just boom, boom, boom. Tell them exactly how I feel. And they both took time to respond to me. Both of them took time to respond. We're all busy. And so I just want to remind you, if someone reaches out to you like that, take the time to stop and pray for them or stop and respond to them. Because for some people, that's hard to do. It's hard to say, I'm scared and I need prayer. You know, it's hard. So make sure that you stop and you take the time to encourage one, encourage one another. But then moving on, how else can we encourage one another? Through testimonies. Um, other people, lost people. And church people need to hear your testimony. And I just want to, like, I know we say we're going to win the loss with our testimony. We can, and that is wonderful. But guess what? People in this church right now need to know, you're like, if you're struggling, like, and the best time for this, I think, is in a small group setting. You know, Sunday morning, you ain't going to get that. Come on Wednesday night and hear some of the stories of what people in the church are walking through. Some of them in the middle of it. Some of them, they're on the other side. And hear how God has been faithful. So I'm just saying, don't just, yeah, make sure the lost people hear it, but the church people need to know too 
how God has brought you through. If you're a mama and you're struggling and you don't know how you're going to do it, listen to a mama that's done it. And listen to her say, you can do this. You know, you're going to make it. And speak the word over your life. Um, it builds faith in my heart when I hear what God has done in y'all's life. And I'm, be, I'm thinking, of, I'm not going to give specific examples, but I'm thinking of specific examples of just things that ladies have shared in our Wednesday night class. And then I thought, yeah, it encouraged me. And I'm like, we need to hear that. We need to know that. But no one benefits from us all coming up here and acting like we all have it together and life is perfect. We're not, I, I, let me start with me, I'm not perfect. I have those weeks where I feel like I said like earlier, I'm like, ooh, you know, just kind of sliding down. No one benefits from us just all acting perfect all the time. And we need each other so that we can have these moments of, hey, pray for me. Pray. It's hard right now. I need you. And then when you come through your little storm, then you need to be the one that says to the other person, when they're struggling, you can do this. You can do this. Look what God has done and share scripture. Um, I also put James 5, 16 down. It says, therefore, confess your sins each other that you may be healed. And the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. And anyway, the first part of that says, confess your sins to one another. We know that we pray to Jesus and the blood of Jesus covers our sin. If we ask, he's faithful to forgive. We know that, right? But that part about confess your sins to one another, I may be the only one in the room, but guess what? I have a couple people that I, if I've done something stupid, I might call and say, hey, I messed up. I know Jesus is the one that's going to forgive me, but I, I want to tell somebody. And I need, I need you to pray for me or I need help. And, or do you have, I've asked this, do you have wisdom for me for this situation? You know, so we need those people that we can call and say, hey, I messed up. Pray for me. Please pray for me. Give me some wisdom. And then I wrote this out. We need real relationships with imperfect, forgiven people who have placed their hope and faith in Jesus. We need a place to share our struggles, our burdens, our hurts, our mess-ups, our hang-ups, our testimonies, and our victories. And that place is church, and we need each other. So I need to keep moving, but that was my, hey, encourage one another and come to church. Point four, next up, this is in verse 32. Just to touch on this really quick, it's talking about stand your ground. Stand your ground. Um, every, well, let me put it like this. Everyone else is standing their ground on everything else. Right? <laughs> it is not time for us to just be like, oh, well, okay, you know, whatever. No. We don't have to be rude. We don't have to be ugly. We don't have to be mean. But when somebody asks you what you believe, you tell them, if you believe it, you tell them what the word says. And if they don't like it, you know, it talks about that there will be persecution, right? So we, we know that. It's, it's right here in the Bible. We know there's going to be persecution. So um, don't lose sight of his marvelous light. Don't lose sight of what he's done for you. And then I, got, I have some examples, and I want to be careful. But going back to the stand your ground business and everyone else is standing their ground for everything. Okay. The homosexual community standing their ground. Two weekends ago in Starkville, there was a, a pride parade, right? So this is what we believe. We're standing our ground. We don't care who knows it, right? Okay, I have another example. When I went home recently, I went to Southside High School. I'm from Alabama, and I read an article in the newspaper about four high school soccer students who um, were fasting for Ramadan, 
okay? Ramadan, that's April 2nd through May 2nd. It's the ninth month of the Islamic calendar observed by Muslims worldwide as a month of fasting, praying, reflection, and community. And so, again, why this captured my attention was these are high school kids fasting, and I don't, you know, I don't know if you know what you know about it, but it's, it's sunrise to sundown. It's no food, no water. It's no gum. It's nothing. So these four high school students said, this is what we believe, and we're going to continue in it. And the thing, what was, again, I teach high school, so they were having soccer games, and they need, obviously, when you're going out to play a game, you need your full energy, right? But they weren't. They stayed committed to what they had believed in. And then they were praised by the Gadsden Times. They got an article, and the coach said, I'm proud of them for being, holding fast to their beliefs. So they're getting praised for their belief, right? Um, one of the students said, I've been doing this since I'm eight years old, so I'm used to it. That's what the article said. And then another part of the article said, you know, it helps that there are other people doing it with me. Because I told you there were four doing that. So I'm not saying this to make fun of these guys in any way. I'm just telling you that there were four high school um, soccer players in Alabama who said they were um, fasting for Ramadan, and they said, we don't care what you believe. We don't care what anybody else thinks about it. We're just going to do it. And um, I, I will say, well, this is one, one other just, I don't know if this is important to say, but interesting. Um, there was a, they had an app on the sideline, and when it hit like 7.15, whatever the fasting time stop was, um, there was a guy on the sideline that would wave them down. They'd come over, get water and dates to hydrate. So I'm just saying, like, they went out of their way, right, to make sure that um, they stood their ground in what they believed in. And I just, you know, just as a reminder, don't let nobody back you up on what you believe in or put you in a corner. You know, if you have decided to, I don't want to pick this up, so all my stuff's going to, if you've decided to follow what God's word says, don't let nobody back you in a corner about it. We don't have to be rude, ugly, or mean, but we also don't shrink back from it. We stand our ground, and just remember, everybody else is standing their ground on everything else. So that's, that's all I got to say about that. Um, point five is Hebrews 35. Don't throw, don't throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. And then in verse 36, it just, it just simply says, I mean, it says more, but the key point for me was persevere. So don't throw away your confidence in Christ. Don't throw away your confidence in his word and in his miracle working power. And then I started thinking about there might be some people who have lost confidence in God, in the word, in prayer, in the things of God, in, in the people of God. You know, there may be people. So then there's this scripture that I really, really like in Galatians 5 and, says, 5 and 7. And it says, you were running a good race. Who cut in on you and kept you from obeying truth? Notice it says, you were. In other words, you're, you're not now. But you were, you were doing it, you were obeying truth, you were following what God said to do, you were walking in love, walking in peace, walking that faith life, you were, but now you're not. Who cut in on you? What happened? And I don't know, in my mind, I'm just, it, it translates, what, what's happened? So, who cut in on you? Did you stop? Did you slow down? Did you change lanes? Did you fall? Who cut in on you? What got you off track from following Jesus? 
Were you hurt by a friend? Was it a family member? Was it a situation with problems? Um, was it the church? You know, I keep thinking, who, who, you were running a good race, but who cut in on you and kept you from obeying truth? Was it stress? Was it worry from this life? Was it unanswered prayers? Or are you just simply overwhelmed by all the evil that's in the world? I probably should have set my notes up different. But anyway, have you ever been disappointed or what has broken your confidence in God and the things of God? And this, this might not be for everybody, but this is just one point. If you lack confidence in God, the word, and the things of God, identify, try to identify or ask God to help you identify what it is that has you running. What has you away from truth? What has you not walking in love? What, what was it? Um, because you need to get back on the path of running a good race. And um, you can ask God to show you what it is, ask him for forgiveness, ask him for wisdom and direction, and move forward in his grace and in his love. Um, the devil wants you and me stuck, hopeless, um, unencouraged, lonely. He don't want us coming to church. He definitely don't want us at Bible study where we can sit there and actually talk about what's happening. He wants us, excuse me, intimidated and lacking confidence, wavering in the faith, fearful and shrinking back. But the last little bit here is God's word tells us in Hebrews 10, 38 and 39. It says like this, don't shrink back. Don't shrink back. Um, 38 says, but my righteous one will live by faith. And if he shrinks back, it's, it's pretty simple. I will not be pleased with him. If he shrinks back, I will not be pleased. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed. But we are of those who are believed and are saved. And if there's ever been a time for us to not shrink back, it's now. We have got to hold our ground. I know that this kind of goes along with, like, holding our ground. I guess it's, but um, I just liked how, I liked the term that it used. But we are not of those who shrink back. Um, we, we live by faith, and that's hard. That's hard to do. We're people of faith who live by faith. Um, when there's been a diagnosis, we say, I choose to believe what God's word says. When there's been a, I don't know, a, a fight in, or discord in a family, we choose to believe that God can move and bring restoration. So um, don't let the enemy back you up. I, I don't know. In my mind, I think shrink back. I'm thinking, don't let him have you backing up over in a corner somewhere. You don't have to live like that. We have God's word to stand on. So you can come right back up and say, it ain't me, but because of who he is, this is what I choose to believe. And this is what I will believe, and I will not shrink back in fear. I choose to believe God's word over the situation. Um, Hebrews 11 and 6 says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. So don't shrink back. Have unshrinkable faith. Um, I have... Well, I think I got off track a little bit. I, I, I need a musicians to come. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not used to doing that. Um, and I didn't know exactly how long this would all be. I, I do want to just really quick, I really wanted to show this. This is Wonder Woman. I really wanted to show this clip, but her outfit, so I didn't. But anyway, unswerving hope with unshrinkable faith. Um, this face right here that she has, it's a, it's a I'm determined face. It's like, 
let's go, it's, it's a let's go face. And Jaden showed me this, I've seen the movie, but she showed me the video clip again this morning. And basically they're at war and she's ready to move forward. And the people that she's with are in trenches and they're, they're, they tell her like, we can't pass this line, we can't go forward. And um, so she's, you can, I mean, you can see how she just thinks about it for a minute. She thinks about it, and then she, like, there's a moment where she, like, collects herself. And she remembers maybe, like, who she is, what she can do. I don't know. And she just, like, takes her little cape off. She gets her shield out, and she's, like, she, she turns to him, and she says, let's go. And um, so then she goes out, and when she goes out into the battle, sure enough, there's um, enemy fire coming at her, but she don't stop. She just keeps moving forward, and she puts the shield up like this. And there's a moment where she goes to her knees, but she keeps the shield up, and there's a lot of enemy fire. But then she sees the people that are with her over to the side, and she says, you can see that moment where she's like, I can do this. She gets back up, and she continues walking. And, you know, I just hope that something I've said would encourage you. I hope that you would know that we don't have to shrink back in fear. Um, that there is faith that we can stand on. And that, and the, in God's word, we have to stand on his word. And again, I guess maybe one of my main points was like, don't quit church. I think about when she gets down and she looks over and she sees the other people on her team and they've come out of the trench. Like, oh, maybe we can do this. They see, and she sees them and then she's like, okay. And she keeps going. And I, I want us to be that for each other. Like, I don't want anybody in this church to be backed into a corner, scared or fearful um, or worried about any situation that you might have. There's a lot going on right now in our world, and people we're facing all kind of stuff, right? But I want you to know this. I can start with me. I'm not perfect, but I'm here. And if you need prayer for whatever it is, then I'm going to intercede with you and ask God to move on your behalf. And anybody that would need that. I, my points were, I don't know if I got these off, but hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess in Jesus. Spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Encourage one another and don't quit church. Stand your ground, stand for truth, stand for what God's word says. Don't throw away your confidence in God and the things of God. And don't, don't you ever shrink back or have anyone, don't let anybody shrink you back in a corner about what you believe or about your God. Don't let them shrink you back in that corner. So I will say I'm not the best at maybe this transitional time. Last time I preached, I said I'm done and it was over. So I don't, you don't have to come up here, you know, to make me feel better or anything like that. That's just not how it works. But if there is somebody, I'm going to ask that the praise team would sing through a song. And if you're out there and you're fearful, you're just like you're in the trench and you can't get out or you're backed in the corner because whatever it is that you're facing, it's so big and you just can't possibly see how you could get over it or around it or how God could move in it, anything like that. If you just need someone to stand in agreement with you, or maybe you're that person that, you know, that going back to that scripture, who cut in on you and kept you from obeying truth? Maybe you knew the word, you were raised in church, and you still know what it says, but you got off track for, for whatever reason. 
for whatever, I mean, it's, you know, for whatever reason, and you just need prayer, then, then I'm going to come up here and stand, well, I'm going to now, and stand, and you can come for prayer if you need it. If you'll come up here with me, please, so you feel more comfortable. But we're here, and they're, if they can sing through a little bit, everybody go ahead and stand. And I'm going to quit talking, but if you need prayer for anything, we're here to agree with you.